so much. Um, I am really grateful to be at a meeting of Marijuana Anonymous, and I'm really grateful to be sober today. Um, today marks 1,622 days of sobriety for marijuana for me, uh, but who's counting except for me? Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I smoked weed for my entire life almost. Um, my parents were potheads, and I watched them doing that growing up, so I always figured that when I was an adult, I would smoke weed. Um, and for me, becoming an adult was when I was like 13 or 14, and I, I first had the guts to steal some uh, from my mom's bedside dresser. Um, and I started smoking. I didn't get high until I was like 15, but by then it was, um, I got high all the time. Uh, and I, I relate to a lot of other people I hear in the program who talk about how they just always felt kind of off from other people, um, just different, weird, I don't know, more sensitive, more introverted, hard time um, feeling like they were part of things going on, just felt kind of different. And so when I first got high and I, and I got a break from feeling like myself, I really liked that and my brain prioritized that right away. I have that, um, that addictive personality and I'm part of that 10% of people that uh, gets high on marijuana and gets addicted to it. Um, so, of course, I never used the word addiction uh, because I also tried uh, other drugs, including alcohol, and none of those things were really my bag, but I never used the word addiction when it came to marijuana because I just figured that you could be addicted to marijuana. It was so harmless. I had a whole, uh, I had a whole you know, pocket guide of reasons why marijuana was good for you. I could recite them any time. Um, you know, it's, it's just a plant and... You know, it's a gift from God, not that I believed in God, I really didn't. Um, so, I mean, I, I kept it going with the marijuana use pretty strong for about 19 years. Um, and throughout those 19 years, there was always signs that it wasn't a good thing for me, but I ignored the signs. Um, and I, I ignored them until I was uh, 33 years old and I had a kid. And at that point, I realized that um, that this was a problem. I had always had a vision that like one day I would have a kid and I would stop getting high all the time and I didn't do that. Um, I started smoking weed again when she was three weeks old um, and for the first time in my life I felt really bad about it. Uh, before that I never felt bad about getting high, I never felt bad about missing out on things or not showing up for friends or not answering my phone or you know, disappearing for days and being unreliable. Like, I, I never felt bad about those things because I, I could always come up with a reason why, you know, the other person was the asshole. But once I had a kid, um, and I, couldn't, I could never, she was never the asshole. So if she wanted my attention and I was distracted because I wanted to try to find some way to, like, sneak away and go get high, then, then I knew that I was doing something wrong, but I just didn't know how to stop. Uh, I tried to go to... Uh, a psychiatrist to get antidepressants. I went on all those different regimens, um, but nothing really worked for my mental health because I was still getting high all the time. Um, I was in therapy. Uh, therapy was bringing up lots of stuff, but I wasn't able to progress because I was still getting high all the time, and I had to hit a bottom um, with depression before I was willing um, to make a big change, but that did happen for me. Uh, at the end of 2014, I had a bottom with depression and mental health issues, and um, 
I finally went to um, you know an in treatment um, an inpatient treatment program um, for dual diagnosis. And while I was there, there was meetings that were held in the hospital um, from Alcoholics Anonymous. And I went to those meetings, and I was like, well, I'm not an alcoholic, but I kind of can relate to these meetings. Um, and so when I left the hospital, um, I, I knew that like I needed to stop getting high, um, partially because while I was in there, I talked to lots of other people there. And a lot of the people there talked about how when they left the hospital, they were going to definitely stop drinking and stop taking pills, but that they were going to keep on using weed for their anxiety. And I realized, like, oh, that's me too. Like, I'm, I'm justifying, you know, this marijuana like, as if it's... Um, as if it's some kind of self-prescribed drug that I need for mental health and it's really making my mental health worse. So sometimes you need to hear someone else saying the crazy thing that you're, that you're thinking before you can realize that it's crazy, and that happened to me. That was my experience. Um, when I got out of the hospital, I, uh, I didn't know how to live life without marijuana, and um, lucky for me, someone pointed me to Marijuana Anonymous for my very first meeting. I knew, like, oh, I belong here. Um, I listened to people talking who uh, were, were just as, as, as big of, you know, addicts to marijuana as I was, and they were somehow sober for several years, which to me at the time seemed like the longest amount of time ever. I couldn't believe someone could stop smoking weed for years. Um, in the back of my mind, I thought, I'll stop for a year just so that I can get a break, and then I'll ease back into it. Um, uh, but I also really wanted to get better, so I, you know, I did all the things that people in the meetings did. I got a sponsor. I started working the steps. I bought the Life of Hope workbook. Um, I started getting together with my sponsor. I would do the work in the workbook, get together with my sponsor, read the workbook to my sponsor, um, talk about stuff, keep going, do more work. Um, the whole time I was working the steps, there was some voice in the back of my head that was like, this is weird, or this is BS. Um, this is just a cult that wants another member. Uh, you know, I was very suspicious and, and mistrusting. Um, but I, I just stuck with it. And um, it really helped me a lot because when I first got sober, I had a lot of emotional problems. I had a lot of anger. Uh, I had a lot of blame that I was placing on other people, especially family members. I was really angry at my parents. Um, I was really angry and blaming blaming them for my addiction, and I was I was really angry at a, at a lot of people, and I, I really didn't I didn't see things very clearly. And through working the steps, um, you know, starting a spiritual practice of of a relationship with a higher power, um, I was you know, marijuana anonymous gave me the freedom to pick that whatever I wanted it to be. I didn't have to believe in like the God of the religion of my origin. Uh, just something that could, you know, give me strength and a sense of peace when I was feeling weak, you know, and, and not peaceful, which was a lot. You know, I had a lot of uh, emotional turmoil when I first got here. And um, I tried a lot of different things when it comes to spirituality. I just kept searching for the higher power of my understanding. And I, and I have a, a more clear idea of what that is now, but I, I, you know, I still that thing that they talk about, like where you fake it till you make it. Like I just sort of invented a higher power and it's like all the love in the universe and all the energy and, you know, the peace inside of the storm and I just kind of, I just kind of go with that. Um, so the first year that I was in the program, I worked steps all the way through and when I got to the end of the year, 
I got a new sponsor and I started working the steps again. And I did that for another year. And when I got to the end of that year, um, I realized I also qualified for some other programs and I got another sponsor and I started working the steps again. Um, and now I've worked the steps four times. Um, and every single time I work them, I get so much out of it. Um, really understanding like what I have control over, what I don't have control over, being able to let go of the places where I don't have control, take the pressure off, uh, really learning how to own my part of conflict and um, make true amends with people. Uh, when I first started up, I, you know, step eight, making a list of all people I, I had harmed and becoming willing to make amends to them all. And step nine, where you make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would, it, you know, would injure them or others. I, I was so afraid of those. Like my first round of the steps, I made a list of all people I may had harmed, I, you know, I might have harmed, and then I just wrote a whole thing about how I was already making amends to them all. Like, and my first sponsor just looked at me and was like, okay. And then second time around, I realized, like, well, maybe there's some actions I needed to take in terms of these amends. Um, and every, every round of the steps, I find more ways that I can own my part of things and clean up my side of the street. And, um, you know, really, you know, like really find forgiveness. Um, like really find the guts to find forgiveness and to like accept other people the way that they are. Um, so I also think of recovery as something that I need every single day because, it, you know, I spent 19 years uh, in this addiction and, you know, it's going to be more than four years and five months and ten days to get out of it. Um, so on a daily basis, you know, I work on my mindset um, by, you know, doing reco reading recovery literature, making phone calls. I do a lot of writing. Um, that's a tool that I'll pick up and put down. You know, like I'll pick it up because I realize, you know, I'm feeling kind of out of it, you know, kind of just out of sorts and I'll, you know, I'll get like a writing habit going and then I might put it down once I'm doing okay and then pick it back up again. Um, but I really recommend that. Um, that the tool of writing has helped me a lot. And um, I go to meetings like at least two or three times a week uh, because I find that that also helps me. If I have a bad experience at a meeting, I say, okay, you had a bad experience. Like you can go to a different meeting or you can go back to the meeting. But you know, I try not to have one bad experience and then never go again. And um, I do a commitment uh, at, a, you know, at, a, at a hospital in my area, the same hospital that I went to where I got sober. Um, so I do a commitment there once or twice a month where I share my story and my experience, strength, and hope um, as it relates to marijuana addiction recovery that I learned from Marijuana Anonymous so that I can, you know, do step 12, like carry the message to other um, marijuana addicts and practice these principles in all of my affairs. Um, so I'm really, really grateful to this program. I, I'm really grateful to be sober, um, to be emotionally stable. Um, and to have my my uh, my life grounded in something that's not just like trying to make myself feel better, um, you know, to have my life grounded in something outside of myself and something greater than myself, and that's something I got from this program. I didn't have that uh, before um, before I got here. I, I thought that my life would just be so much worse without marijuana, and it's it's actually so much better. Um, so to continue having that, I'm going to keep on coming. Um, and, you know, that's, that's all. That's all for me today. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. That was great. We really appreciate you 
sharing your experience and everything that you continue to do on a daily, regular basis to stay grounded and and uh, stay clean from marijuana. I really related to your story a lot. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, do you want to give your phone number out at this time? Sure. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, I'd love to hear from people. So my phone number is 781 781- Eight zero one eight three seven eight, and I uh, yeah I love I love to hear from you. I love to talk about the steps. So yeah, anyone who wants to feel free to give me a call. Okay, and can you repeat that one more time? And say sure. Seven eight one eight zero one eight three seven eight. And are you in the Eastern Time Zone? Yes, I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. I'm in Massachusetts. All right, excellent. Well, thanks again so much. Um, we can uh, go ahead then and um, open it up for sharing uh, with people. And really, thank you, Amanda. I'm glad you were here. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for your service. Queue. Yeah, I'll check the queue for the next person who'd like to share. <laughs> 